Finance. Hey, welcome everyone to the Financial Independence Podcast, the podcast where I get inside the brains of some of the best and brightest in personal finance to find out how they achieved financial independence. On today's show, my buddy Grant stops by, and I've known Grant for a couple years now, and the first time he reached out to me was actually before I met him in person, and he asked if I'd be featured in a book. And the book's called Financial Freedom, and it is out today, so it's a long time coming, and I'm excited to chat to him about it, because I know he's been working on it for a long time. But I also wanted to get him on the show just to talk about his journey to financial independence, because it's a really interesting one. He was broke. He had like $2.26 in his bank account. He took a screenshot of it, actually. And in just over five years, he was able to grow his net worth to $1.25 million, and he was able to retire. So he has a lot of great information to share about increasing your earnings at your job and starting side hustles and entrepreneurship and lots of things like that. But he also has a really interesting perspective on FI itself. I know he personally has gone through some of the weird existential crises that I've found myself going through over the last couple of years. And yet he seemed to have emerged happier and more content than ever. So there's a lot to dive into here. I'm really excited to have him on the show. So Grant, thanks very much for being here. I appreciate it. Hey, man, it's a real honor to be on your podcast. Yeah, no, this is uh, this is a long time coming. And uh, before we launch in, I obviously want to congratulate you on the new book. Um, that was a long time coming as well. Uh, you featured me in it. And I I can't even remember when it was that you got in touch quite a long time ago. When was that? Uh, it was at least it was almost two years ago, wow. uh, between a year and a half and two years ago uh, was when I first reached out. And uh, yeah, I wanted to, to get your story and share your story, you know. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It's uh, it turned out great. I'm really happy to be involved in it in any way. And um, yeah, I just can't believe it was that long ago because that was before. I think that was before we even met in person, right? Because I don't think I really knew you like I know you now. Yeah, it was right before we had met in person. Um, so I appreciate you responding and sharing yeah. <laughs> all the amazing, amazing insights. You added a ton of value to the narrative. Oh, nice. So for my audience who may not be familiar with Millennial Money or any of your other projects that you got going on, can you maybe just uh, give a little quick summary? Uh, you have a ridiculous story. Uh, you hit, you went to fire like, super fast. You had like two bucks and then you had 1.25 million in like five years. So just maybe give a little synopsis of how that all happened. Yeah. So, um, you know, I went uh, to college and was a liberal arts major, a philosophy major, and graduated not knowing what I wanted to do and did the kind of proverbial, bounced around uh, a bunch of different jobs and found myself after being laid off twice in 2010, uh, back at home at my parents at the age of 24, sleeping in the same bed that I slept in literally as a seven-year-old kid. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had, you know, I woke up one morning in August, 2010 and I had $2.26 left in my bank account. And my parents said that I could only crash for three months and that they weren't going to give me a dime. So that was really kind of where my FI story starts. Um, shortly thereafter, I read your money or your life. It was actually the, the, one of the first personal finance books that I ever read. I just Googled best money books and found it and ordered it on Amazon and read it uh, pretty much almost all in an afternoon. It was, I remember reading it all on a Sunday and you know, the book just completely changed my entire worldview. Um, I don't know if what Vicky intended, I actually took from it, but my takeaway was, okay, if I'm going to trade my life energy for money, I'm going to try to make as much money as I can for my time. 
And it was incredibly traumatic um, being back home. You know, I'd always done what I was supposed to do, went to a good college, got good grades. And, you know, I'd come down to dinner and just the, you know, my parents didn't say anything, but just the disappointment in their eyes, you could just feel it. You know, the energy was uh, really palpable. And I felt really down, really depressed um, that I'd let them down, that I was, you know, just hadn't made anything kind of yet of my life, didn't have any money. I did the calculation and, you know, I'd spent over 4,700 hours working. And not only did I have nothing to show for it, I was deep in credit card debt. So I was literally starting from negative and, you know, read the book and quickly realized, okay, I got to think about money differently. And probably because of the trauma and just because I wanted to live differently, I went all in and realized that I needed to build a new skill set. Um, so I did another Google search and ended up finding a Google mobile ad. And I figured out that there was demand for running Google ad campaigns and that you could get certified by Google for free. And so within a 30 day period, I watched, uh, you know, Google AdWords university videos and got Google certified. And then even though I'd sent out over 200 resumes, uh, during this three month period and hadn't gotten a single call back. Once I put that Google AdWords certification on my resume and on my LinkedIn profile, the first digital marketing agency that I applied to, I got the job. And wow. that's when um, kind of my career started. That's amazing. That's, uh, yeah, I definitely want to dive into that a little bit. But I want to go back to that $2.26 because there's an amazing picture in your book, which is a screenshot of your bank account at that time. I think it was like August in 2010 or something. Yep. So to take a screenshot, you obviously knew or felt that that was like either like a breaking point or a pivotal moment in your life. What, yeah, what made you take that screenshot? That was just the lowest moment of my life. It was just pure sadness and kind of disappointment. I felt incredibly lost. And, you know, I took a picture of it because I wanted to remember what it felt like. Um, and I still have it hanging in my closet today, um, the exact copy that I printed because um, I, I took the screenshot and then I went and printed it out. And yeah, I just I wanted to remember that feeling and it still takes me back there. And I didn't have the motivation yet. I hadn't read your money or your life. I hadn't gotten the new job. Um, that was that was a real low point for me. Yeah, that's that's an amazing story. And yeah, it's such a cool thing to look back on now, considering where you are today. The the Google thing that that's that's incredible. Like, as you mentioned in in the book and on your site, you started making like 50k after, you know, getting that certification, which I think you said maybe took like 30 or 45 days or something like that. So it was really like a quick zero to 60, like zero knowing nothing. And then 60, you're in a job that's paying you good money. How, how, how was that? Was it like a super intense month? Or was it pretty reasonable to get that uh, certification that quickly? Oh, it was, it was, you know, it was pretty reasonable, but I was, you know, kind of so excited about it that I, you know, went above and beyond. And so, you know, I probably could have passed the exam in half the amount of time. Um, at the time, if you failed the exam, you'd have to wait five days to take it again. And time was of the essence. And so I didn't know how easy or hard the exam would be. So I really overcompensated for it. And, you know, but it was it was pretty easy. And, you know, it, it still is to this day, one of the fastest paths to six figures. 
you know, when I'm in a Lyft or an Uber, or I'm talking to someone and they're like, you know, how can I make more money? It is, you know, obviously my own personal experience, but it's always my go-to answer because, it, you know, there's so much demand for running Google ad campaigns still. In most cities, the starting salary for like a Google campaign manager, a PPC manager is like 65 to 75K today. And there's so much demand for it. Within a year or two, you can be making six figures in most cities in the United States. Uh, And so it's still, you know, you can still get certified for free. You know, it's still set up the same way. Um, I don't know how hard the exam is now. It's definitely, the ads have definitely gotten more complicated, but um, yeah, it was was pretty easy. Um, That's amazing. So does Google offer all the uh, resources that you need to to get it? All all the the classes are you know, books or whatever that you need to study to get there? Yeah, it's all, they're all YouTube and, and, you know, Google AdWords videos. So yeah, they they offer everything. There's like a AdWords study guides. There's not a book that you need. You know, they walk you through, you know, systematically how to, you know, what Google campaigns are, how to set them up, how to run them, how to optimize them, all the different sort of technical parameters. And, you know, I got the job and I hadn't ever run a campaign myself. I just had the certification. And it's something that, you know, it's actually really fascinating. And I ended up falling in love with it because, you know, I'm a competitive person and it's an incredibly competitive thing to do. I mean, it's a real time auction bidding system and you're trying to bid and be more strategic and outrank other people who are bidding on the same keywords. And so it's, it's competitive and it's actually a lot of fun. And so once I kind of got into it and saw what it was, that that excited me. But obviously what, what excited me more was the fact that there were jobs and there was demand. And, you know, there's a lot of data put out at the time that demand for digital marketing managers was, was going projected to grow. And it's actually grown well beyond even those projections at the time. So that's really cool. And not only did it help you get a real job and, you know, get out of your parents' house, it you were able to use the skills in, in your side hustles and your entrepreneurship and things like that. So can you talk about how pretty quickly after getting your job, you were then able to scale up to like $300,000 a year? Yeah. So I was making 50K going in, was firmly committed to not making the same mistakes that I'd made before. So um, I needed a car at the time. And so I bought an $800 Nissan Maxima, the cheapest car I could find that ran uh, on Craigslist. I lived in the crappiest apartment I could. And right out the gate, I was saving about 40% of my income. So I felt really positive about that um, going in. And, you know, it was just such an amazing experience because, you know, in hindsight, I ended up working for, you know, it was about a 30 person company. So, um, you know, kind of a small to mid sized digital agency where there was only like three or four people who did one role. And so what that allowed me to do, I ended up staying there about a year is because I was new to this industry, you know, I, I knew a little bit of HTML um, that, that I had kind of poked around with in college, but I hadn't built any websites. I hadn't done anything like that. But here I was in a place uh, where literally, you know, three seats away from me was the head graphic designer, you know, in another row of seats was like the front end web programmer, you know, the sales team sat across the room, the CEO's office was in the corner, you know, and they were all nice 
Um, and, you know, I was energetic and excited. And so I spent as much time as I could with them learning everything because it was all new to me. So the SEO guys, um, the designers, you know, I spent a lot of time with the sales team. And about three months in, one of the sales guys uh, kind of took me under his wing and invited me to a pitch. We ended up winning that project. So I was learning about writing proposals and pitching and all about the business side while also learning about SEO and word, you know, we were building WordPress, uh, Drupal and Joomla websites. And one of the things that was really cool was, you know, I learned how to build a WordPress website. One of the guys taught me, you know, probably in about a week. And I knew, you know, I liked running Google campaigns, but I was really excited about the possibility of building websites. And so I started tinkering around and I ended up doing a search on Craigslist uh, for someone who needed a website. And I found a small law firm, it was three lawyers, and they were looking for a website for $500. And they put that in their, in their actual ad. I reached out to them. I was probably the only person that reached out to them. Uh, they hired me. I used a, a template that was for another kind of business and built, I, you know, it took me about two weeks to build this law firm website. Um, paid me. They were really happy. Um, I showed them how to set up Google ads. I started generating, uh, leads for them. And then, you know, this lawyer started recommending me to some of his other lawyer friends. And then I got tapped into an association of lawyers in Chicago and three months after that. So this is six months after I got my $50,000 job. I sold. I went from selling a $500 website to I sold a $50,000 website to a medium-sized law firm. I used the same WordPress template and I built the website in about three days. No kidding. And this was like, literally, I remember the day because they mailed me my check. I went down in my mailbox. I remember my hands literally being sweaty as I <laughs> opened the mailbox and I had a $25,000 check, the for, you know, like the, the deposit for the project. And that completely changed my life. I was like, you know, I'm going to make, a, you know, in three days as much as I'm going to make this entire year, I, I, I can do this. You know, it was just like, you know, I was, I was off to the races. And so then I got a realtor uh, client and I built a couple of their law firm websites. And then for the realtor, um, he didn't know how to run digital campaigns. So I actually set up campaigns where I was using my own money to generate leads for him and he would pay me for the leads. And mm -hmm. so I got in kind of the, the lead aggregation game in a little rogue way. And by the end of that year, I'd made over $300,000 doing this. And um, I'd also gotten a few other clients because my digital agency, they had a minimum threshold of the type of client they would take. Um, and so a few clients that came in, they didn't have enough money to pay for our agency. And so the sales guys ended up giving those projects to me too. And so within a year, I launched my own agency and I was off to the races. That's incredible. And so your your income has increased dramatically. And have you kept your spending at the same level? Uh, and if so, was that all, you know, due to what you read in your money or your life? Or did you let your lifestyle get away from you a little bit? Oh, I probably spent even less money. Because once I was, you know, once I got to 300,000, or once I even realized that I was going to make over $100,000 that year, that's when kind of everything completely clicked, where it was like, because I, when I'd been back at my parents, I'd set the goal of trying to make a million dollars as quickly as possible. That was like, it wasn't retire early. It wasn't, you know, financial independence was obviously wrapped into this, but my very sort of unsophisticated <laughs> goal was like, I want to make a million dollars. I want to save a million dollars. 
And so once I knew that I was going to make a hundred thousand dollars that year, um, I was like, whoa, whoa, I, I like, I might act, like, I'm, I'm going to be able to do this. I don't know how long it's going to take me, but I'm going to be able to do this. And so I got even more committed. And, you know, to be honest, um, it took me five years, three months and six days from that day in August, 2010 until I reached financial independence. And that five years and three months was pretty intense, man. Like it was, like, you know, like 80, 90 hour weeks. Like, you know, I thankfully I didn't have any kids a lot. You know, I lost unfortunately some friendships. Some of my friends, I helped make a lot of money. Three of my friends that I profile in the book, I actually encouraged them to pursue their own, you know, passions. And now one's like, you know, a really accomplished music manager and has artists at Bonnaroo and Coachella. Another one, you know, is making like $300,000 a year as a recruiter and like climbs Mount Everest, you know, like, like, <laughs> like the craziest, like people around me, I was like getting pumped up about this. Um, and then two and a half years in, I discovered your blog. And so you were the first uh, financial independence blog uh, that I actually discovered and started reading. Um, so you were kind of my entry point where I was like, first I was like, oh, whoa, there's other people doing this. <laughs> and then it was just like, I remember reading everything that you'd written up to that point. And then I discovered Pete and, you know, and then it was just uh, like uh, that really amplified everything because it, it, you know, I was hacking my way through this, but I was hacking my way through it through, through like um, just the fact that I was so driven. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't make mistakes because all I was doing was working and saving and investing. And so I was investing in like Amazon stock in 2011. Um, I remember uh, I was, I was like doing a little bit of traveling um, and it was the first, maybe it was like the second time that I'd gone to Europe and I was outside the Duomo the day the Facebook IPO happened while my girlfriend, now wife, was like looking at the art because I wanted to buy Facebook stock <laughs> like when it went public. And it went public and like the internet connection messed up, but then it ended up dropping. And so I was able to buy Facebook at like $26 a share. And, you know, I was really... Um, I was really, I think, I was driven, I think, by a lot of trauma, a lot of drive. But, you know, when you're 25, 26 and single and making that amount of money and working all the time, you know, you don't have a lot of time to spend money. And I was, I was pumped, man. Once I started seeing those numbers grow and my investments grow and, you know, every morning I spent at least five days, you know, five minutes with my money. I'd wake up, I'd look at how well I was doing. I'd, you know, check in on mint. And, you know, I was, I was, man, I was all in during this time. And, you know, looking back, I maybe wouldn't have made as many trade-offs as I made. You know, I was very obsessed at the expense of everything else. You know, I gained almost 50 pounds during this period. You know, I wasn't that healthy. You know, it was, uh, in hindsight, I, I made a lot of sacrifices that I probably wouldn't make, but still feel very grateful um, for the opportunity and the time that I started and, you know, just, uh, you know, that, that, it, that it was possible. So if you would, if you were to start again today with, you know, $2.26, uh, what would you change? Just maybe just take the foot off the gas a little bit and, you know, focus a little bit more on the health and friendships and things like that? Or would you, would you do it pretty much the same and just uh, make little tweaks? Well, it's interesting because I had a ton of energy when I was 24. And this is one of the things that, you know, your energy, at least mine, you know, it changes as you get older. 
you know, your relationship with time changes. Looking back now, knowing what I know, I probably would have done, um, you know, I probably would have worked as intensely. The one thing that I wouldn't have done is put so much pressure on myself. Mm. Um, you know, it was like, I, I just, I, I, stre- I was stressed out way too much. And it was, whether it was like the employees that I hired or not winning certain projects or clients or losing clients or, you know, things not working, you know, I was very stressed. Now looking back, I realized that about a year and a half in, I had all, I had like 95% of the benefits of FI. I just didn't realize like I was chasing freedom. I was chasing that feeling of being free, you know, and in reality, I had plenty of money a year and a half in to stop and take a deep breath, maybe take a month off. Maybe I would have taken a month off, (laughs) you know, like I literally took no time off, like maybe a Sunday here or there, but it was pretty full bore. And that's the thing. You don't need millions of dollars or to be financially independent to, to have more freedom in your life. You know, once I escaped living paycheck to paycheck, like, like two months in, I should have been sleeping better at night, but I wasn't that aware. You know, it's like hindsight's always twenty twenty, And that's one of the things, one of the reasons I wrote the book, because, you know, people are like, I want a million dollars. I want to be a fire. I want to retire early. And, you know, yes, those are fine goals, but just focus on the next step. Just if you're living paycheck to paycheck, just get to, you know, three to six months of expenses and you're going to sleep better. And you're going to feel more empowered and more control and then get to two years expenses and take a break and think about, you know, is this what you want to be doing? Because I, I eventually realized that money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. And I really didn't love my life during that period. I was driven by the money. And instead of how much money I needed, like I, my the question that was leading me was how much money do I need? How can I make this money? When the question should have been, what kind of life do I want to live? And then how much money do I need to live that life? And so I had it backwards the entire time. Um, yeah, and I think that's a huge, a very common problem in this whole uh, FI world. And um, so, yeah, it's great to hear that story from you. And yeah, the book definitely goes into that as well. And it also it also goes into the you know earning more side of it and how you're able to do that. But before we move on to, to you know your post FI life, and we're going to get deep because we when I was on your podcast, we went pretty deep and it was great. And uh, I'm going to link to that in the show notes because people uh, I think it was a really really interesting discussion. And I want to sort of turn the table and get your ideas on some of these things. But before we do, it's like, what would you say to somebody who's in a similar position? It sounds like you had a lot of courage. And I'm not sure if that courage came from, you know, desperation, or if you just sort of like try to suppress the nagging voice in your head saying, you don't know anything about Google, you don't know anything about websites and all the other things that you ended up getting into. What would you sort of say to somebody who is maybe wanting to try something out new like that, but doesn't really have the confidence? So one of the things that I've realized is in all the people I've talked to, um, in all the people I've met and talked about money, you know, you hear their stories and most people are about two or three steps away from a life that they would really love. And we live in such an all or nothing world where it's like, I've got to jump in. I've got to hustle, hustle, hustle. It's got to be all passion. It's got to be like, I'm going to put everything on the line. When a vast majority of the cases, you like don't need to dive into the deep end of the pool. 
you know, what you can do is just like put your foot in for a little while and see how you feel. And I think a lot of people, you know, they're stressed at their jobs, they're, you know, they feel like they don't have enough money, they feel like they're not going anywhere. And it's often only a couple of steps that are required to feel less stressed, feel like you have more freedom. And so, you know, if someone feels stuck in their life, and they're like, I can't imagine doing this, and that sounds crazy, and that sounds impossible. My recommendation to you would be like, don't think about the number. Like, don't think about, I want to be a millionaire. Don't think about like, I want to be financially independent. Those are great goals. Those can be in the back of your head. Focus on like, what are the two or three things that are holding you back that you can do right now? And the first one is look at your current job situation. A lot of people are like, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to launch a job. But if you have a full-time job that has benefits, that's where you need to start. You know, there are so many advantages to using your full-time job as a launching pad. Don't just abandon it. Look at it very closely and say, am I making the most of my current situation? You know, because it's like, yes, your boss might suck. Yes, you might not be getting paid as much as you want. Okay, how can you fix that? You know what I mean? Right. And in the book, I outline very specific process, how to analyze your market value and your value to your company. I mean, most people don't know that it costs your company between 40 and 60% of your annual salary just to replace you, right. just to replace you. So like just knowing that most employees actually have so much more leverage than they think they have. And we live in this world where like people are afraid to ask for things because they're, you know, worried about getting fired. But start with your full-time job. Make sure you're getting paid at least your market rate. Talk to recruiters to get a sense for whether they can find you a better job or what skills that you could build that would help you make more money. You know, if you're on a certain career track, there's so much data available. And this is like, that's why, you know, we've talked about this. I think it's like never been easier in history to make more money, literally, because there's so much information. It's, it's so open. There's more and more information every day. You can call up and talk to three recruiters in your industry and get a sense of what you should be paid. And as a bonus, they might even have a job for you that pays more. Or they'll tell you, hey, develop these two skill sets, and then you can make $60,000 more a year at this other company. You know, that stuff like... It's all available to you. It's all free. You just have to. Um, and so look at your full time job. That's where you need to start. Make sure you're, you know, 30 minute meeting with your HR department. Simple question. Am I making the most of my benefits? Am I taking advantage of that? Most Americans aren't. You know, um, if you want to work remotely and you want that benefit, it's never been easier to negotiate it. So don't just like just look at your current situation. If they're not willing to budge, if they're not going to be flexible with you, if they're not going to give you a raise, you're not stuck there forever. There's a path. Like life is too short to hate your job. Like, and that is the thing. Like so many people, they just feel stuck and they're like, what am I going to do without the job? And it's like create a safety net. Save like three months of expenses. Talk to three recruiters. Maybe build some new skills. And just in a three-month three month plan, you can have an exit strategy and you're gone. Yeah, absolutely. That goes back to what we were saying before. Like you're, yeah, you're super focused on this end goal of financial independence, but really you could get so many of those benefits of FI when you're still working and you can get that because you do have money and you can survive a few months without a job. And every single big raise I ever got in my career was when I said I was leaving the job or leaving the company. And I would have never got that had I tried to negotiate just a salary bump, but 
as you said, it's super expensive to replace somebody. And it's much easier to keep somebody that you know is good than, you know, roll the dice and pay a bunch of money to bring on somebody that may not be good. And you can get that benefit with what, just maybe two or three months of uh, savings. And that's way early on your journey to financial independence. So I couldn't agree more. I think that's, that's amazing advice. Then you can all, and, and a lot of things in life, like people are afraid. There's like this fear. But the thing is like life, like investing, it's about calculated risks. And so how you take a calculated risk, just like we talked about in this case, is having three months of expenses saved, having skills, diversifying your skills. And then one of the things that a lot of people, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to see now looking back, you can almost always go back. You know, you can almost always go back. Like, you know, the skills you have, there's going to be someone who will hire you for them. And so don't think about the million dollars or being FI. I mean, those are great goals. Those are incredibly admirable. Just focus on those two or three steps, um, you know, optimizing your full-time job, making sure you're taking advantage of the benefits. Try making money outside your full-time job. You know, so much now has been written about side hustling. I had 13 different income streams at one point. And for me, people are like, how'd you do all those things? And I was like, well, a vast majority of them I really enjoyed. You know, I just found a way to get paid for things that I like doing like collecting domain names, which is like the nerdiest thing on earth. I know, but you know, it's like go out and like the beautiful thing about like just making money on the side is like, you don't have to go all in, you know I mean? See how it feels, test what it feels like making money on the side. Just try it. You know, there's really no risk. You know, all you're going to lose is a little bit of your time. Um, and we can get it a whole, I mean, obviously in the book, I go into great detail about why I think most people think about side hustling all wrong. I completely agree with you on that. And it's especially for people pursuing FI, because if I just wrote a post about starting a business and just saying how, had I not had a business waiting for me after FI, I think I would have really struggled. It's like, it's, it's, a, it's a way bigger lifestyle change than I think anyone anticipates, even though we think about it all the time. And had I not had something there that uh, was more substantial than a hobby that actually, you know, other people were relying on me to do things and making like giving me some sort of external motivation, not having that would have just I would have lost my mind probably within the first couple of months, which we're going to talk about some of the struggles that people do face after five, because I know you are in a similar situation to me with some of the stuff that you've been thinking about, which I'm excited to get into. I want to go back to your story. And so you did five years, three months, six days, and then you're five. So what, what happened then? I took a deep breath. <laughs> I, you know, I took a deep breath, but was still, um, it felt good. It, uh, it is one of the things, at least to me that I I've cried of, I think joy probably five or six times in my life. And that was one of them. Um, and you know, I felt very grateful. I felt, um, you know, I proved something to myself more than anything else. But interestingly, I, you know, I'd always thought I'd get to that number and then, you know, sail off into the sunset and <laughs> make music and write fiction and travel all the time. And when I got there, I had two companies. I had, you know, over 20 employees uh, that I was responsible for paying them and their benefits and their family's benefits. And I built an entire infrastructure uh, that depended on me. And um, that was a hard reality to face because I had enough money. I'd made it. Um, but here I looked 
wow, I'd spent the last five years building, you know, two companies um, that were both successful, that were both growing. And I'm, you know, what am I going to do now? Uh, you know, so that I, I could have never anticipated that. Like, do you just walk away from something that, you know, you've spent building? Um, but what ended up happening is the, the, the more successful my companies were and the more employees I hired, I was spending less and less time doing the work that I actually enjoyed. Mm. Um, I was spending time managing people and HR issues and on the road. I was on the road, I think in, in 2015, like 30 of the weeks um, of oh, that wow. year, you know, I was traveling all the time to clients and it was, it was exhausting, man. And, you know, a couple months after I hit FI, you know, I realized just how burnt out I was and really struggled for about a year. Uh, you know, I've written a lot about this on, on my blog during this period. I launched Millennial Money about a month after I became FI. And so that was kind of like, okay, I got through this. I'm going to write about it. But I was incredibly burnt out. And so over the next year, I had to, you know, kind of face the reality that um, from a health perspective, from a mental health perspective, I wasn't going to be able to continue to grow my companies and sustain this long term. I'd made a lot of mistakes in how I built them. You know, the businesses were too reliant on me. You know, there's a lot of things. I was obviously traveling too much. And so I wanted to get out. But once I made that decision to get out, it still took me, you know, over a year beyond that first year. So a couple of years to, unpack the businesses, get in the right headspace. It's really hard to walk away, you know, from like a $400,000 gig right. or more and, and a multi-million dollar company. And, you know, I can honestly say that, you know, probably a year in, so late 2016 is when I, you know, millennial money started getting a little bit of traction. And I remember the first reader email, you know, I'd gotten the like, Hey, thanks. Cool blog. But in the fall of 2016, I got the first reader email that was like, you know, you've changed my life. Like you, you've helped my marriage. You've given me hope. You know, I saved $13,000 this year. Thanks to your blog. You've really inspired. And, and honestly, that email filled me with a level of joy that was so much greater than any dollar that I'd ever made. That's awesome. And it, it hit me so intensely that I, I literally didn't even know what hit me. Like I didn't, I, I, it took me a long time to even understand what was going on. And, um, you know, I started getting more of those emails and then early 2017 with like the first time I was on CNBC and NPR and the Washington post, you know, it just, the website grew, you know, it started making money. So then I was like, Oh, there's another way to make money here. You know, I hadn't launched millennial money to make money at all. Ironically, it was just like, I want to be a writer. I want to share my thoughts. I want to help other people do this. And then it started making money where I was like, that started taking away some of the anxiety of like leaving, you know, the companies that I had built. And it was this just confluence of factors where I started getting more emails from readers. And like, I never would have, like, I would probably have laughed at who I've become today, like five years ago, literally, like, I was all money all the time. You know, I was conscious and I was like a nice person, but you know, I, it was kind of me, myself and I, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's what was driving me. I had the blinders on. I was, it was trauma driven. It was like, I'm going to find a way out. I'm going to be successful. And man, like my mission, 
like my purpose in life just hit me smack in the face, man. It's obviously you're much happier chasing, you know, that in, in as, uh, as a way to get fulfillment than just another dollar, which is yeah great to see. And, it- and that's one of the things, man, like I've realized is we live in a world that's like, find your why, find your purpose, finds what make, find what makes you happy. If you had asked me those questions, like, five years ago, you know, I wouldn't have had an answer. And to be honest, like, I feel like a lot of those questions put a level of pressure on people that's not necessarily needed. You know, if you don't know what makes you happy or what you're passionate about or what's, you know, what your purpose in life is, like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you probably just need the time and space uh, to figure it out. And this brings us perfectly to uh, an article that you wrote that I'll link to in the show notes. But how you found that sort of your definition of success has changed and now you think success is peace. And I think that's absolutely brilliant. And I've not really thought about that, but yeah, just like contentment is something that I've really enjoyed about the last two years of my life that I hadn't really enjoyed before. Cause I was always striving for something else or striving for more money or more success or whatever. And yeah, framing it as peace is, something I wouldn't have thought to do, but I think it's, I think it's perfect. So can you talk a little bit about that post? Because I think it's a really important one. So about a year, uh, gosh, now over a year. So in October, uh, 2017, I ended up, you know, I had a couple business partners in one of my companies. I separated with them. I sold some of my client relationships to some other people. I unpacked that other company. Um, you know, I'd already started writing the book, but I was in pretty bad shape in October 2017 from, you know, I was burnt out. I was tired. I was, you know, I felt inspired by the opportunity to write the book. You know, I felt so grateful. The blog was growing. But, you know, what I couldn't have anticipated was that it ended up taking me about eight months uh, to completely detox from like seven years of nonstop grind, you know, I'd never chilled as hard as I hustled, you know, it was always nonstop. And last summer, and I was sitting in England, just in Cornwall, you know, on the on the coast there Mm -hmm. in England. And uh, you might remember when I was there, and you know, it was, you know, early morning, it was really beautiful. I got up, I had to write, you know, a post and, you know, I was looking out at the water and I I had a feeling I was like, what, what is this? What is this feeling? You know, like it was something that I didn't, didn't recognize, you know, and I realized that it was the first time that I'd ever felt at peace. And, um, it's, uh, it was, it was, it was a huge moment in my life. And I realized that that was what I was seeking all along. And, you know, I, uh, I think I ended the blog post and this is how I felt. I ended up writing that blog post the next day. I have nowhere to be but here. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a fantastic post. I'm going to definitely link to it. And that's that's funny that you can remember the the time that you sort of realized it because I, I do as well. Like I was walking back from the gym one morning and the, the you know, like the green man that tells you you can walk across. They call yeah. it the green man here. I don't know what I forget what it's called in the States, but just like it's the walk white, sign. It's like, yeah, it's like yeah, the yeah. white man or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the white man. Um, to say that you could walk, it was it turned to like a flashing red saying like, you better get across now. And like any other time in my life, I would have hurried up and ran to the crosswalk just to get through. And 
I remember not caring and I, I just strolled up to the thing and then I sat there for the whole light because I had to wait till the traffic stopped again. And I was just like, I can't believe I did that. Like, but I was just so content with just strolling through the park and actually just enjoying the act of walking through a park in the daytime. And I was like, that is insane. I would have never expected that. But I was it was like a super happy joyful moment and it was like there was nothing if you looked at me from the cars that were driving by you would have noticed nothing different because i was just waiting um but yeah it was just a realization that wow i you know i'm i'm pretty content right now and i'm not like running to get the next thing and it's it's it was an amazing feeling yeah the one thing you know i've realized is not only do we live in a more and more more world but we spend so much of our lives and we're taught by our parents in the world to chase that next thing, whether it's a job promotion or a salary increase or, uh, you know, a new job or a new thing when it's much more valuable, but harder to kind of stop and look within. And, you know, the one thing is that no matter where you travel in the world or what job you have or the, the one thing that you're carrying with you is yourself. And that's one of the things, man, I realized like, that's like the peace within, like, you know, and, you know, it's not always there. And some days are crappy. It doesn't mean you don't have bad days, but there's this sense of coming home that I felt where, you know, I feel very privileged and grateful to have had that. I wonder if I could have found that earlier um, I realized that it took a lot of time and space to find that it, it, it's kind of like, it wasn't even finding it. It's like, it just arrived. And we live in such a busy world where you have 10 days of vacation a year and we're all so busy and, you know, you schedule every five minutes and it's, we live in a productivity planner and, you know, everything's scheduled. And sometimes it takes just sitting and not knowing you know, mm -hmm. and being uncomfortable and just one of the, my favorite line in the book is kind of, you know, life is infinitely rich, you know, when you open to it and there's kind of a, an acceptance and an opening and just kind of a, uh, waiting, you know, you don't always have to chase something because life's going to show up when you least expect it. Just like you standing there on the crosswalk or me, you know, just sitting randomly, you know, looking out to the ocean, you know, I, I couldn't have sought that out, but you have to give yourself some space and time. Um, and I wonder if I could have done that without being FI. I don't know. You know, I don't know if I would have had that perspective, but you know, that's one of the things about the book is I, I hope uh, people read it or someone reads it and they, they just realize a, that they can define success for themselves and then B that, Freedom, freedom is already within you. Do you have any advice for people to f figure out how to find it? Because it, it's, I, I think it is easier said than done. Because even now, I still get into the routine of like packing my days full and feeling like I need to be productive all the time and like still chasing. Um, but they're just like non-monetary things these days, mostly. So. And, and it seems like you're the same. Obviously, you're going to be super busy now with the book. And um, I know there's times in life where you're more busy than others. But do you do you do anything in particular to like keep that focus or carve out time for yourself or do anything that's been helpful as you transition from, you know, 
going 100 miles per hour to now sort of taking a step back and realizing other things that are important? Yeah, one of the things that uh, I've realized and I believe in is, you know, there's a great Alan Watts quote, you know, he's like a British philosopher. And, you know, he said that life is like music, it's meant to be played. And I often wake up in the morning and that's in my head where I think about it. And for me, it's not about being busy or not being busy. It's like, am I playing life? Am I having fun? Mm. Am I experiencing new things? Am I awake? You know, and I think we live in a world where, you know, we're kind of encouraged to stay asleep, mm. you know, and, you know, some of the simple things that have worked for me, man, just laying under a tree, as simple <laughs> as that sounds, like, and just paying attention. These things like five or 10 minute meditation, like, you know, those things are fine to like kind of calm you down if you're stressed out. But just like every once in a while, once a month on a Sunday, schedule the afternoon for yourself and just go lay under a tree, you know, or just go take a walk in the park and leave your phone at home. You know, just give your yourself some space. And the biggest thing that I had to do in that eight month detox was just give myself permission to do nothing. And the the tree thing reminded me of something that I've really enjoyed over the past year. Um, I, I got to meet David Kane down in Ecuador, and he's he talks a lot about like things like meditation and things. And uh, I tried one of his uh, programs out, and it was really really helpful for just like yeah, those like five minute meditations. But one of the things that he said was to like sort of have a trigger that like makes you aware of of your surroundings in the present and i've been doing this for like the last year is anytime i go out of a door i like instantly notice everything about it which is something i would have never done before but it's it's amazing like you step outside and you get like a hit in the face with like this cold air and then you smell some trees and you hear like the rustling of leaves and things like this and there's like so much joy you can get out of just simply you know smelling summer or whatever you know what i mean it's like that's been really helpful in you know just getting out of my head because i'm sure you're the same like you're always thinking of how to optimize something or thinking of the next thing you got to do or something um but yeah simply just getting out of your head for just a little bit is amazing yeah um one of the things i think our minds often hold us back you know we try to rationalize everything or you know the mind drives us to crazy places and it's often when you you know, you trust your intuition. And, you know, to that point, one of my exercises is if I, you know, am anywhere in the world, whether it's home or in the park or on the train or, and I want to, you know, I'm feeling frazzled or I'm feeling kind of disconnected. What I'll do is I'll just stop and like, just be somewhere busy wherever you are and just literally close your eyes for like 30 seconds. Just completely close your eyes. You don't need to like meditate. You don't need to just close your eyes. Just, you know, just cut off your sight and then just open up and and just see, you know what I mean? And you realize just how rich like everything is and how much is going on and how much movement there is. And, you know, it's like awareness is very much like a muscle. It really is. It's oh, something definitely. that um, this might sound crazy to some of you, but it's something that it gets easier over time where you start to see and then you, it's easier to see and then you don't have to 
do those exercises as much. And all of a sudden you realize that you're looking at a finch in the tree and you've never noticed a finch in your life before, (laughs) or you're seeing um, something incredibly human, like someone sitting, you know, and reading a book on the sidewalk out front of a building. And you start to have a level of awareness where for me, uh, the more that I'm seeing the richer kind of life becomes. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. I also agree with what you said about, you know, it gets easier to sort of see some other things that you probably missed uh, just uh, just with practice. It, it is like a muscle. Um, I was out on a walk with my sister-in-law and her family and my wife and stuff. And I guess we were near the ocean and I had just got like a whiff of like the sea breeze. And I was just talking about how nice that was. And my sister-in-law looked at me and was like, she thought I was just being sarcastic and was like miserable on my walk or something. <laughs> and I was like, no, really. And, uh, and yeah, I think it's all because of, you know, just practicing, just being in the present and just enjoying them. And you're right. It's like the richness of it all is just an, uh, immense and there's so much going on and it's something I would have never expected. And I, if you would have played this clip to me like five years ago, I would have been like, what are you talking about? But um, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a privilege to be able to sort of, enjoy all that stuff and you're not going, going, going all the time. Do you think you could have had this awakening without being FI? Oh no, uh-uh. I don't think so. No, yeah. I was too, too focused on money yeah, me too. <laughs> and just, yeah, more money, more money, more money or less, less spending. And yeah, it was just too focused on that. So I don't think it would have, it would have happened, but it's just the irony of all this is like, you know, money does have diminishing returns. Oh yeah, you know absolutely. it's like you start to, you know, you get to a point where you realize how, you know, it is a path to freedom and to be thankful and grateful for that. And if you do feel stuck in your life, money is a way out. I mean, it really is. It's mm-hmm. like of anything that I know. But then you get to a point where you realize like it's such a small thing in comparison to everything out there. But you know, for me, the 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 immensity of it is incredibly freeing because it's allowed me to let go of a lot of my own competitiveness and expectations. And I always wanted to be the best or be a millionaire or win. Mm -hmm. And I don't have that anymore. It's not all butterflies and rainbows. And no, so so I want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Do you want to maybe just chat a little bit about some of the things maybe you didn't expect of post file life or anything you struggled with? Because yeah, like I said, it's not all just happiness and laying under trees all the time. So awareness can be really scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least for me, you know, you don't wake up every day and you're just like, Oh, the world is so rich. I see all the colors. <laughs> you know, it's like some days you wake up and when you have kind of unlimited time, at first it felt like I had a lot more time in the day. And now time has become like a much more fluid thing because I have less markers of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not waking up, getting ready, going to work, coming home, you know, taking the dog out, getting kids, da, 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 you know, and the routine, a lot of people feel very safe in their routine. You know, my father's this way because it kind of bookends their life. And when you lose that, you know, you can either do what, you know, I know you're doing Brandon, which is build another routine. Mm-hmm. Like I really struggle with that. Um, and for me, I've kind of let go of needing one and that's had its own challenges because some days there are very creative and very inspired and other days 
Um, I, I, you know, I, for a while I felt guilty, like, oh, I'm not getting anything done. I've let that go at least at this moment. Um, past couple of months waking up and doing nothing. I'm totally cool with. Um, I read an entire, you know, everything Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote in like two weeks. Like, <laughs> and this is at a time when I was like, should have been doing a ton of other things and should have been blogging and should have been da da da. da. And I was like, no, I'm just going to sit here uh, and read. And that was cool. But, you know, I, I think I'm finding ways through some of those challenges. I feel very grateful that I have a mission, you know, which in, Another word could be work. You know, you could say that's my work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I moved from Chicago to New York City, so I have a lot of distractions. I have a lot going on. I'm going on a 40-city book tour starting in March. Um, so I'm going to be on the road. I'm actually going to be on the road from March till December of 2019. So oh, wow. I know that's happening. Um, in 2020, I'm planning to take off the entire year. And I'm going to work on a second book, not about money. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, and so I've kind of put that in my head of like, 2020 is the year you're going to do nothing, you know? <laughs> so I, once again, I'm like pushing off, uh, you know, oh, I, but I'm very happy, man. I'm very, I'm very happy because I've realized that like happiness is not my goal anymore. Just like money wasn't, you know, it's, it's that piece. Like, do I, do I feel, am, am I like following the rhythms that I'm feeling? Do I feel fulfilled, you know, um, I care less and less about happiness, which is really like happiness has kind of exploded into so many other particles now for me, where it's like, am I kind of floating? Uh, you know, am I, am I doing what I should be doing? And does it feel good? It's more about like, does this feel good? Right. I think. Oh, that's great, man. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's awesome to see you like, yeah, just your transition and how you're dealing with everything and everything that you're producing. It's, it's definitely inspiring. And I'm sure, yeah, you're inspiring millions and millions more with the the book. So financial freedom, it's out today and the book tour will follow next month. And anything else you want to tell people about it? Obviously there's going to be links and stuff on the show notes, but I'm also going to include a amazing trailer for the book, which I've never seen a trailer for a book, but this makes it seem like a movie trailer and it's really well done. So if you're interested at all, definitely check it out. It's like a couple minutes and it's as engaging and action-packed as a uh, movie trailer. So is there anything else you want to say about it before we uh, we head out of here? Yeah. Check out uh, financialfreedombook.com. Um, that's the website for the book. Um, there's nine calculators, uh, that are in the book. Those are all already built. They're for free. You don't even need the book to use them. Those are on financialfreedombook.com. A bunch of other resources. And yeah, pick up a copy if you want to hear what Brandon has to say uh, (laughs) about happiness. And if you want to hear his story, there's uh, nine other people in the book who reached FI before 35 uh, that are also profiled. And yeah, it's just, uh, I can't wait to uh, you know, get it in people's hands. And if you're into FI and you have a friend that you've really wanted to convince or kind of get them on board, I think this might be the book for them. One of the reasons I wrote it is, you know, I wanted something that you could literally hand to someone and say, Hey, like, this is, this is what I'm about. This is what, this is what I follow. This is what's important to me. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I'm super excited for you. And yeah, I definitely recommend people check it out. As you said, it's yeah, it goes deeper into all your story and everything you've been able to do and all your recommendations. But then it also brings in these 10 other voices and their input. So it's a it's a very entertaining book, but also there's lots of good pieces of knowledge in there that yeah, will help anyone on their path to financial independence. So definitely recommend it. And people can also find you at millennialmoney.com. Do you want to plug your new site, which I'm really excited about uh, the grant sabatier.com oh yeah man yeah grant sabatier.com i've started writing about more than money i mean i appreciate that i wasn't going to plug that um so you oh, can yeah. sign up i'm sending out a, you know a weekly email with some really kind of thoughts on life um and existence and you know being alive and so check that out as well then you also got the podcast financial freedom podcast yeah financial we... freedom podcast and then um if you want to follow the book around the world or join me anywhere, um, check out at Financial Freedom on Instagram. The Financial oh, cool. Freedom, um, the book has its own Instagram account. Nice. The book and the podcast do. Um, and yeah, if anyone wants to go to Japan, I'm planning that out right now. <laughs> going to be doing a bunch of dates there, and oh, uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a wild ride. But um, hey, man, I just wanted to say before we end, thank you because. Um, this is a, this is a true, true bar, uh, and a true honor to be on your show, man. You've, you've, you, you, you really changed my life when I found your blog and it's, uh, you know, just, just keep doing the work you're doing and, um, just speaking as first a fan, uh, now to be on the show. Uh, I, I think I speak for most people, probably everyone out there. Just thank you for what you do, man. Really oh, appreciate it. No, that's very kind of you. I appreciate it. And yeah, it's uh, an honor to have you on. And it's been yeah, pleasure chatting with you over the over the years. And like I said, I'm going to link to your episode with me because yeah, you, you dug deep and got some really good things and made me think about a lot of stuff that I hadn't thought about. And um, yeah, it's just been a pleasure just interacting with you and I'm super pumped for you about the book. And I can't let you go until I obviously ask you the question I ask everyone since the beginning of this podcast, what's one piece of advice you'd give to somebody on the path to financial independence? Just take a deep breath. <laughs> That's great. It's the shortest, uh, shortest response, but I think it's one of the best. So Grant, I appreciate it so much, buddy. Congrats again on the book. And hopefully I will see you somewhere in the world on your tour and I will buy you a beer to celebrate. We're just getting started, man. We're just getting started. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks, man. Have a good day. Bye. Finance.